When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. It's the 90 minutes from wherever you are. Before, Lindsay, you get it. I just want to let you know, Cappy, and for the entire audience out there, is this is a good What You Need to Know. Mailman Matt and Ivan Leon in the Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust have both tweeted they work for Instacart and they will take take your stuff back because they have a receipt for the products that you ordered. Oh, wow. So really? So if I want to send back my protein waffles because George says they're all filled with chemicals and whatever else, you guys would come to the crib and then take them back and return them? Wow, yes, that's, really that's exactly what they're saying, and I have relayed that message to you. That is very sweet. Thank you, guys. You, by the way, you're listening to KSBN Los Angeles. So there you go. Uh, all right, Linz, what do you got? All right, so real quick, because Dave McMiniman is there, McMiniman. Um, just want to let you guys know that a building now under construction in Hollywood is believed to be a new concept from Tesla, combining dining, watching movies, and mm-hmm. supercharging your electric vehicle. The company mm-hmm. won approval for the concept, which features a drive-in movie theater, and uh, it has a diner with rooftop seating and 32 stalls for supercharging electric cars. The construction site is at Santa Monica Boulevard and Orange Drive in Hollywood. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, George, I thought the other day you sent a picture that was hilarious. A uh, guy had a Tesla, and on the back it had a bumper sticker that said something like, I got this Tesla before I knew Elon Musk was crazy. <laughs> it, it was hilarious. <laughs> I was sitting on PCH, and uh, I was about to get on the 110, and I was at the red light, and I noticed, uh, you know, I, I only noticed the bumper sticker, and let's bring on Dave McMiniman, who does a phenomenal job covering uh, your Los Angeles Lakers for us here at ESPN. I'm with so, you, Dave. So I am uh, I'm at this, oh, at, at this red light, McMiniman, and... And um, on PCH, get on the 110, and I see this this Tesla, and it's got a crooked bumper sticker. So it, it drew my attention because it was crooked. And then I look, and I read, and it said absolutely that. It said, I bought this before I knew Elon was crazy. So I took a picture of it, and I posted it on Twitter because I thought it was I thought it was legit funny. Like, I laughed out loud in my car. So. Right. Yeah. Um, it's disarming humor, right? It's, it's smart to be self-deprecating, and you know, what are they going to say to you then? Right, exactly. Now, let me ask you this. Did you know that Instacart would return your stuff? Because I had no idea that was the case. This is a game changer for me. I didn't, and I don't want to uh, speak ill. I don't know if it's a sponsor of the show, but I've never used Instacart. Before. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. You're not speaking ill will if you've never no. used it. Um, you know, Cappy, I don't think, believe I had used it I, before until Dave, recently. I, I'd never used it before. And then I think of myself as being more busy than I probably really am. And then I uh, decided to start using Instacart. And now George is giving me all kinds of guilt, telling me that the uh, protein frozen waffles that I bought are filled with chemicals. And he said, you should return them. And I said, I'm not going to return them. But now that we know that Instacart, who delivered them, will return them, it is conceivable I might return these waffles. I I think that's a very good business policy that they have. Uh, Similarly, I learned that Trader Joe's, if you buy any product and you just don't like the taste of it, bring it back. Oh, yeah. They'll yeah. Give you a full refund. Yeah. We, we did that one time with something we bought for the kids. They hated it and we brought it back and they're like, yeah, no problem. All good. Um, so, yeah, listen, I my thing with Cappy and his waffles, it's like, dude, waffles are super easy to make. If you have a waffle maker, it's yeah. even easier because you could literally buy the mix that all you have to do is add water. Like, it's not like you need to crack the eggs or anything like that. No, I just don't do that. 
I don't do that. I, I, I would rather just buy and eat the frozen ones. I'm okay, good. fine. Whatever, I'm dude. I'm just I'm looking good. out for your own health, okay? There's a lot of preservatives that. and stuff in there. I pre- Dave, so, would you make waffles or no? Or, or would you just buy the frozen ones? Uh, I, oh, I'm on Kathy's side on this one. <laughs> <laughs> They're homemade waffles. What are we in, like, a fancy hotel, like, free brunch uh, situation? Like, I mean, we got a lot of we got a, we got a lot of crap. A maker, George? We got a lot of crap in my house, right. McGinnam, in, in the kitchen. They probably got it when they yeah. got married. Right. You know what I'm saying? They probably got it when they got married. Right. They're like, hey, look at this. Right. We got a waffle maker. Registry. It was, it was yeah. on our registry. Well, and I got two kids. They love waffles. It's just easy to make. And when, you know, my wife's not there to, to, to make it, like, the real way, I just go get the instant stuff where you add water, you put it in a bowl, you mix it up, and you pour the damn thing in the waffle maker. You're good. All right. Ten minutes later, you got waffles. There you go. So, McMiniman, it feels like uh, the Lakers offense was waffling for a while. Now, all of a sudden, things look good. Um, I I look at it this way. I I hearken it back to when LeBron a few weeks ago, and you will remember more specifically who this was against, but he talked about after a loss that they don't have the margin for error, right? That they have to play a certain way and execute a certain way uh, because they don't have the margin for error. And I believe the way he's talking about is what we've seen the last two games where they're playing defense and getting out in transition, getting easy buckets, and their offense doesn't look constipated because of it. Am I crazy, or is that the way you view it as well i think you're right to read it that way the thing about it though was originally not that long ago the the plan to be able to get this type of offense in transition was to go with a defensive oriented starting five and it wasn't working and some of the part of it not working was this defensive lineup kept turning the ball over and so they decided to make this shift, go with less defensive-minded players, but because you have more skilled ball handlers and playmakers than D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves and LeBron sharing the, the, the court together, there have been less turnovers. They, as of last Friday, so less than a week ago, they were averaging eight live ball possessions that they were guarding off of turnovers a game, which was top three in the league or bottom three in the league. That just means you're giving the other team up to 16 free points a game or 24 free points a game. They're shooting threes off those possessions. So just by deciding, like, we're going to take care of the ball more by having smarter uh, offensive skilled players together to begin the game, and we're not going to shoot ourselves in the foot, and here's another good staff view. We're 11 and four this season. We hold a lead after the first quarter. Um, let's see if we can do that. Then we don't get these bad vibes because we are down on ourselves coming back from a deficit. Um, and once we have these good vibes, our guys who aren't necessarily great defenders are just playing with better energy and spirit. Uh, and we can actually look better defensively as well. So, Right now, it's working. I do have some concerns about a playoff scenario when you're playing this much zone defense. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to work. Um, but I think right now, it was a pretty smart move, especially because you have a soft part of the schedule right here. You can get on the right side of 500, and things can start to feel a lot different than it did about a week ago. Dave, what do you attribute the difference the last week has brought from D'Angelo Russell, specifically from a scoring standpoint? One, he's healthy and out there, right? Because we started off 2024 with him nursing that tailbone injury that he suffered doing something that D'Angelo Russell hardly ever does, uh, lining up to take a charge in Minnesota just before 
the new year uh, to just being out there is part of it. He's certainly playing with a aggression. He's hunting shots, uh, but not hunting shots in a way that is completely um, being, you know, blinders on um, to not making the smart pass because he actually is a pretty good passer as well. And there's just a level of confidence there. And like, I don't know exactly how we got here. I don't know if he felt like he was, you know, not being appreciated enough by this coaching staff when he went to the bench and was in his own head because of that. I'm just speculating right here, but I'm just trying to figure out what could have changed so dramatically in the amount of production. And now he feels like, Oh, like I got my way by getting back in the starting lineup. And so I'm going to show them that I was right and playing with that type of chip on his shoulder. But just the, the level of engagement um, is night and day to me, really, between what we've seen these last three or four games versus, you know, the three or four weeks that preceded it. Dave McMiniman does a phenomenal job covering the Lakers for you guys and us here at ESPN. So, I don't know if you know any of the timeline on any of this stuff, but obviously he has this podcast, right? <laughs> and there was this video and audio that came out. And I don't know even we don't even know the exact context of when all this stuff was said, when he recorded this stuff. But when it was released, like the day it was released. And again, it could have been recorded you know, weeks earlier or whenever uh, he was talking about how to maximize him. And I'm doing the air quotes thing right now. And he talked about what we all know, right? Running pick and roll with him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and at the time, Cappy and I were kind of like, 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 what is he talking about? Like, yes, that is how you maximize him, but that's not how you maximize the team. Um, what do you know about all those comments? And you may not know anything, but I figured you would know more than what we knew. Just literally listening to it, uh, you know, and playing it the day that it dropped. So it's my understanding that it was shot in Las Vegas the night that they won the in-season tournament at Indianapolis uh, and then released <laughs> at a time when the, the team was running off the rails and he was in the middle of, of a brief stint where he refused to speak to the media. Um, so, again, I, I don't know further how it got released in that moment or if that clip was specifically pulled from the podcast to be highlighted or if just viewers um, watched it and then aggregated that, that I don't know, but certainly the timing of that podcast releasing uh, about a month after it was taped was certainly curious. Uh, And um, it, it, it was intended to be get as much attention as possible. Certainly he's achieved that because not only is he, you know, having some of these clips go viral, now he's back to doing media and mentioning the backyard podcast every chance he gets when he's standing <laughs> up on the podium with all of our cameras that. and recorders running. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I, I, I like when you uh, when you promote yourself. Has anybody listened to the Cappycast? That being said, Dave, one thing that caught me after the game last night, I was listening to the postgame interview with Austin Reeves, and I was right here you know, with John and, and Michael uh, you know, here on 710. And Austin Reeves had an interesting comment last night. He said... Um, Tonight, it seemed like when things didn't go well, we were not happy about that. And it made me think, so prior to last night, was that not the reaction when things weren't going well? Did you happen to hear that comment? 
I did. I, I saw that interview, um, and there was a couple. I would invite everyone listening to to look it up because there was a couple other interesting things he mentioned, kind of defending the offensive minded starting unit because he pointed out that the Golden State Warriors teams uh, that won the championships with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, et cetera, their offense that was considered revolutionary at the time, now six, seven years later, would only be middle of the pack in today's NBA. That's right. He did say um, yep. But I, I did catch that comment as well. And, and to me, I guess it was a, a, like admitting just how poor the spirit had gotten in that post in-season tournament stretch. And, yeah, I, I, I clocked it, too, because, you know, certainly it's good that it's back now and there's still plenty of season left to go. Um, but as someone who was talking to as many guys as I could and uh, we heard a lot about, hey, we've had six back-to-backs in the final two weeks of December. We played so many games on the road. We had injuries popping in and out. There's a lot of circumstantial stuff going on. If you listen to Austin, it sounds like the circumstantial stuff was threatening to strangle the life out of this team. Dave, one last question for you. The NBA trade deadline is three weeks from today, actually. And uh, and obviously a lot of things can change. But what is your sense about the Lakers in regards to the deadline? There's a lot of smoke about DeJounte Murray or this guy or that guy. Uh, I know our own Brian Windhorst has told us here on this show, and I saw on his podcast as well, you know, Ixnay on the Zach Levine. Uh, but what, what, is, what is your sense on just kind of where the Lakers are as far as the deadline? Yeah, I'd certainly echo Brian's report on Zach Levine. I've heard the same thing from pretty much all parties involved, uh, his representation, the Lakers and the Bulls. Uh, and certainly in speaking to the decision makers with the Lakers over the last month, uh, both in good times and bad times, the, the hope leading up to the February trade deadline was that this group was good enough and we could tinker, not restructure. And listen, they've won four out of six. Three of those wins are against playoff teams. One of the losses was against the hottest team in the NBA when LeBron wasn't playing, and that was a winnable game until about the last eight minutes. There's some reason to feel better about this team, but at the same time, they have to recognize, like, this is maybe the last best chance we have with LeBron and AD. I reported in a story last week at that point, AD had played in 82 of the last 87 games for the Lakers. At this Amazing. point, it's probably like 86 out of 91 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got you have to capitalize on that. Plus, who's to say that LeBron at 40 and year 22, you know, there could be a cliff at some point, and certainly he's not there yet. So that certainly should be a part of the calculus here, where not necessarily it's going to be the impetus for us to do something drastic, but certainly be enough of a motivating factor. Like, let's just get better. Like it, it, it has to be our mission to get better between now and February 8th. And um, if, if we don't do that, then we really aren't doing our jobs well enough to support this group. There he is. Dave McMiniman does, you, Dave. does a phenomenal job covering the Lakers for us here at ESPN. Thank you, brother. Appreciate the time. And go uh, go get yourself some Instacart, man. Make it happen. Yeah, or get some of those hey, frozen waffles. Again, frozen waffles. Damn right, brother. There you go. That's, That's what right. you need to do. There That's you go. Right. All right, McMiniman. All right, thanks, buddy. <laughs> 
See you. There he is. Later on, Dave. Uh, there you go. Good stuff by Dave McMinnon. Dave That's and right. I are now like BFFs. Oh my you God, you got it, it's so funny. Like right. I was actually going to make that um, joke myself. Yeah. You, it's like you guys are like comp- like you're just like two peas in a pot now. I know. Now we like hang out, you know, and like we're like bros. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You're you're cool. welcome, Cappy. Yeah. Hey, it's nice. It's nice. What I is your definition of hanging out? Yeah. Well, what I, my definition of hanging out is what, like the us. Mandy's, you know, he rubbed Cappy's chest. You know? Right. Don't yeah. forget about that, Lindsay. Yeah. yeah. I feel you like know, that you, was a one-off situation. Yeah, huh? but when you touch another man's bare chest, yeah, with your, when you I would run agree. your fingers right. through another yeah. man's bare, hairy chest, it changes the relationship, Lindsay. DeAndre, you get that. would you agree with that? I would agree I, with that. I do agree, yeah. Yeah, yeah it agree. changes it, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, as well. Uh, all right, Cappy, let's yeah. get some football. Football. We'll do that. So many things going on in the National Football League, including all these games. By the way, we're going to do our picks today because I will only be here for a brief amount of time tomorrow. DeMarco's going to be here most of the show because uh, I've got the, the Lakers-Nets game now tomorrow. Um, but first, Cappy, uh, thanks to Dave for joining us. But tell him about your love for your friends at Subaru. Well, Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, happy birthday to Steve Harvey, George. I I love occasionally, like if there's nothing on television, you know there's that game show channel. Family Feud. Yeah. And watch just some Steve Harvey family oh, dude. food. First of all, he got the best suits. He got this one. He's been rocking this hot pink suit. Yeah. And I like when he comes out and he goes, hey, everybody, I'm your man, Steve Harvey. We got a good one for you. Anybody? Anybody know that that's what that's Steve a good, Harvey no, says? That's what he says. Yeah. yeah I I'm, got a good one for you. Yeah. We got the Sedano family over here. We got the Kaplan family over here. I love Steve Harvey. I loves me some Steve Harvey. Yeah, me too. I'm a big Steve Harvey guy. Cappy, you should look into being um, an impressionist, like a comedic impressionist. Yeah. You're really good at the voices, Cappy. Nah, I only got a couple of them, you know? I mean, the Sandler's pretty solid. Sandler's good. <laughs> it, depending on what happens in our presidential election this year will determine how much time I'm going to invest in uh, in learning to do the new president or the old president, whichever president it's going to be. Right. So, I may invest some time into that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Cappy, football. Talk to me. Bleep has gotten crazy. <laughs> it, it really has. And if I'm being like super selfish and personal about the whole thing, it all kind of happened for me yesterday when my BFF got fired by my former team, the Cleveland Browns. I know. Now that's it. It's just Lindsay on an island alone. Lindsay, I'll never talk about the Browns ever again. I could care less. I'm tearing up my Browns hats, shirts. Oh, I'm giving away all my Browns gear. I don't yeah, care. I me. was only a Browns fan for the last couple of seasons while my boy was on the Brown staff. Now that he's done, I'm done. Okay. Um, the craziest thing, what's crazier? 
Mike McCarthy remains the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Or? Or Bill Belichick could legitimately be going to the Atlanta Falcons. I would say Bill Belichick to the Atlanta Falcons because you may recall that on Tuesday I said to you, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I do not part ways with Mike McCarthy. You've been 12-5 and for three straight years, and I grant you, you've lost playoff games at home in the first round. It's embarrassing. However, However, McCarthy's in his last year. Dak Prescott is in his last year. So you're saying combo. I'm saying that if you fire McCarthy, you're kind of new offensive coordinator, perhaps a new offensive system, certainly a new offensive So you're saying language. just hold off one more year, give them one more chance, and then you can get yes. rid of both of them, jettison right. both of them at the same time. Or don't. Right. Run it back for one more year and see how much further you might be able to get. Well, I mean, listen, if it doesn't work out, you could always just uh, bring in Coach Prime and uh, Shadur. You know what? Um you listen you got your coach with one more you got your quarterback with one more you give it one more shot you play it out and see how far you can go now you mentioned Belichick it is very hard for us to imagine I say us I mean football fans Bill Belichick the six-time Super Bowl champion a guy who's like 15 wins away from becoming the most winningest coach in the history of the NFL generally regarded as the greatest coach in the history of football more than Don Shula uh, more than Vince Lombardi, Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, is going to coach the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, it seems odd. I got to be honest with you. Um, but if you really look at the team, like it really is just missing a quarterback. The problem is, how do you get that quarterback? Like he's not going to, I mean, in theory, you should draft one, but he's not going to wait around for that. Like you need a veteran there. A lot of us can, we, we assume that Belichick wants to go somewhere and do what Tom Brady did, which is win a Super Bowl right away so that he could kind of be done. But there's been these like these reports that Belichick is willing to go somewhere and help rebuild something. Atlanta doesn't need a rebuild. Atlanta needs a coach, and it needs a quarterback. I will just say one thing, though, George, real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Bill Belichick believer. I am. I am not. I, I'm a Tom Brady believer. Yeah, I know. And Bill Belichick, one playoff appearance without Tom Brady. With Mac Jones, I might add. Yes, that's right. So I'm I'm not a Belichick believer. He may prove me wrong. I mean, certainly Matthew Stafford has proven me wrong several times. I'm not a Belichick believer. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I um I gotta be honest, Cappy. I am a Belichick believer. 
And I just am, I just don't know who the quarterback is that they can get. Well, now, okay, this is interesting. You ready? Like, who's a, who's a veteran quarterback they can bring in right away while also doing the right thing and drafting a young quarterback? Well, here's this. Now, as you talk about the coaching carousel and how crazy it is, think about this. Is it possible that Caleb Williams, who for the longest time was holding out his decision about whether or not he was leaving USC and going to the NFL, then, of course, earlier this week he did make his announcement. I'm sure you've seen the Adam Schefter report from earlier today that the Chicago Bears are talking to Cliff Kingsbury. Right. They're talking to Cliff Kingsbury because they want they – want, look, Caleb – it seems like from the outside looking in, Caleb wasn't all that interested in going to Chicago because, first of all, they're kind of also a decrepit franchise in a lot of ways. They've done a terrible job with quarterbacks historically. I mean, going across the board, really. I mean, you have to go back to like Jim McMahon, I feel like, when they had like a quarterback that felt reliable for a long stretch of time. So I can understand that, but th- them hiring Kingsbury, who was the QB coach and some other title he had at USC, makes some sense if you want to smooth things over with Caleb. Right. So that would mean, just I'm giving an example, mm-hmm. that a guy like Justin Fields, who's now three years into his career, Correct. who has shown flashes of being a good player, flashes, yes. but on a bad team. Right. Oh, so you're the, saying trade him. I'm saying that he might actually become an available free agent. Oh, oh, because well, I thought maybe you, you meant trading him to Atlanta. Well, Just, I do. So, so if you're Atlanta... And you have Bill Belichick, and then all of a sudden a guy like Justin Fields becomes available. Maybe you go sign him. Or here's another example for you. Now, what Belichick if, did coach Cam Newton. Okay, that's true. Here, here's another example. A dual for threat you. quarterback. What if, what if the Denver Broncos somehow part ways with Russell Wilson? Oh, that's, you know what? We're not thinking of that. That is the one that makes the most sense. Yeah, because now you have a 35 year old veteran quarterback that kind of like Belichick is in the last three, four years of his career. Right. And I'm so I'm just saying that there might be options out there. That's all I'm trying to get. Well, but and here's the thing: like you need the smart thing to do would be if you're Atlanta, would be to bring in a Russell Wilson and then draft his eventual replacement at number eight. Yeah, Um, you're talking about this coaching carousel going crazy, George. One thing: um, how do you like what's going on with the Harbaugh situation? Uh, it feels like all the guys that they've interviewed for their GM job all have Harbaugh ties. You say the, all the Chargers, the, the Chargers, yeah. yeah. Um, they so all have some tie to Harbaugh. Let me ask you this question: What would you do? You ready? If I told you you could get Jim Harbaugh at fifteen million dollars a year, okay? Yeah. Or you could get Mike Vrabel for seven million dollars a year i i i mean listen i understand what you're doing and i think mike vrabel's a good coach i would want harbaugh over over vrabel okay the question is would you pay harbaugh more than two and a half times the money than you would pay a guy that's like the vrabel? going market like here's the thing honestly we, we've talked about this a million times the move for the spanos family and the chargers is to hire pete carroll i think um however that just gets you L.A. cred. If you actually want to win long-term, because I don't know if Pete can fix this, okay? Um, but you know what? Maybe they don't need that much fixing is the whole point. Because they've got – I know they're going to lose some guys because of the cap. But for the most part, they've got the foundation of a team that can win games. Well, that's what we all think because they have a quarterback. And as we're talking the about The hardest Atlanta, part of the equation. Right. We're talking about Atlanta doesn't have a quarterback, but we're talking about how the Chargers do have a quarterback. And yet, with a quarterback – 
they've made one playoff appearance and they had a monster lead and they blew it. So there really is not this uh, evidence that says they're a coach away. So honestly, like I think that Mike Vrabel checks two boxes. One, he has already been a head coach. And two, he costs a whole lot less than a guy like Jim Harbaugh. Did you see that they interviewed David Shaw, the former Stanford coach? I did. Um, also someone who clearly has Harbaugh ties, by the way. Um, I know that that he at one time, Shaw, was on the coaching staff with Harbaugh in Harbaugh's first head coaching job at the University of San Diego, which well, is like a division he, he was also with him at Stanford. He was also with him at Stanford. Well, he, yeah. he advanced with him. That's yeah, right. Right. So I, I, the, the coaching thing that's going on right now is crazy. Earlier today, I don't know if you saw this press conference, but Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, somebody asked him about, because you know, Tomlin said he's coming back, and right. the Steelers... By the said, way, yeah, I thought it was funny when he opened the press conference. Everybody got any contract questions? <laughs> he, he did, but somebody asked him, they said, Coach, who's going to be the offensive coordinator? And Coach Tomlin said, the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers next year is currently not in our building. And George... You know what I'm thinking. Your boy? I'm thinking my boy. Oh, go over there and really shove it up the Browns. You know You know what? Yes, I am thinking yeah. that. And yeah. I'm also being ultra, ultra selfish here. Yeah. But my son just Oh, because your Pittsburgh. son lives in Pittsburgh. Right. So are you going to try to convince one of your best friends to take a job just so you can go there and see your son? No. I'm going to try and convince one of my best friends to get the offensive coordinator job and then hire my son as a quality control coach and get my son into the NFL, boom, snap of a finger. <laughs> that Listen. Typical it, Cappy. It's a little diabolical, but I kind of like it. Yeah. I mean, right? I mean, isn't that a brilliant concept? Yeah. Because let me tell you something right now. Tell me something right now. If I would have known when I was 25 years old. Yeah. I mean, that- the quality control coach, for those that don't know, is the he's the, the assistant, the personal assistant to the coach. The nickname is the get back coach. Right. Okay. Like you know when like the the officials they want to make sure that everybody stays on the sideline. No, like your job is to make sure. Hey, 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 get back, get back, get back. Don't you cross that line. As a quality control coach, you're analyzing film, you're writing reports, you're getting coffee, and you're, you're yelling get back. Right. And and let me tell you something. That's your entry level job. That's how and, Nick Saban started. That's how Eric McVay started. That's how McVay started. Right. So. So for me, um, if I would have known when I was 25 years old. So you're old, saying Justin Kaplan is the next Sean McVay? I'm saying it could happen. Why not? I'm saying it could happen. Let's ride this kid. But if I was when I was 25, if I would have known that becoming a head coach in the NFL meant you make 15 million, or becoming a special teams coordinator in the NFL makes you means you make. 3 and he million can do years, that. He kicked. I would I would have gone into coaching immediately if I would have known that coaching was so. Gosh darn lucrative. Right, but it wouldn't have been as lucrative for you at your age, but at his age, it's much more lucrative. Yeah, but right now, I could be a special teams coordinator. I mean, listen, let me million. tell you something. I was watching um, some NFL film stuff today, and like, I'm ready to, you know, I'm ready to teach like kids how to look off the safety and then, you know, hit the guy down the seam. Like, I'm ready to do the film study too. Let's go. There are plenty of guys who are NFL head coaches who were not even football players in college, you know, but they, they worked their way in, they worked hard. And they learned from well, other Mike, coaches. Mike McDaniel. He's a perfect example. Yeah. Perfect example. So, But you know what? You talk to like football. I know football guys who w- were with him in San Francisco, like guys who played the sport at the highest level, and they're like, he's a genius. Yeah, so you, it doesn't mean you had to be a player to necessarily be a great coach. There's a guy down in New Orleans, been there forever. He's the offensive coordinator. His guy name is uh, Pete Carmichael. Yeah. He's a baseball player at Boston College. There you go. So...
I I like the idea. I'm trying to get so if my boy Van Pelt yeah. could become the offensive coordinator of the Steelers, yeah. and then my son could become his quality control guy. Oh, dude. Well, now I'm, all of a sudden I go from a Cleveland Browns fan. I'm going to bore the hell out of everybody next year with Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah, Yins are going to go to Steeler game. Unless, George, unless uh-huh. he winds up going to the Las Vegas Raiders to become Antonio Pierce's right. offensive coordinator. And then and, are you going to get him, your kid to move to Vegas? No, no, probably not. But yeah. then I'm going to be going to Vegas every other week. Oh, well, then, yeah, that helps you. Yes, Big person. time. Yeah. Helps the show, uh, too. Either way, Cappy, as uh, Radio Tinder is coming up next, either one of those situations, you can use my home away from home. We know the home away from home for you is these. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Central. My fave, my absolute favorite, favorite sitcom when I was a kid. The Jeffersons. I love the Jeffersons, too, yeah. One of my favorite lines is when George Jefferson said that he wanted a Willis sandwich. You know what a Willis sandwich is? That was his neighbor, yes. No, but a Willis sandwich. Go ahead. Turkey on white. Right. <laughs> really holds up, huh, Cap? It does, but you see, you have to know you the have to Jeffersons know the characters. to get it. Yes. You know? Yes. You have to see, know Lynn's, I'm guessing you don't know the Jeffersons. I mean, I know of, like, I mean, I've seen clips. I've never, like, sat down and watched, like, Shows. Those were funny shows. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Tom Willis and Helen Willis, they lived upstairs from the Jeffersons. They were a mixed marriage couple at that time, which, by the way, was. I I, I don't know if they were the first mixed married couple on television, but they had to be one of the first. I mean, the language that was used on that show, you you can't have that. You can't use that language anywhere anymore. Well, on cable, you could. I don't know, man. They do whatever they want on cable, but I digress. Anyway, go ahead, Linz. So this we week, had a quick radio Tinder too. Yeah, this week a video went viral on social media after Mark Moffat, an amateur sports broadcaster in Canada, had an I guess you would call it overzealous reaction to a hockey puck during a game between the Halifax Max and the Sydney Mitsubishi Rush. Moffat saw a puck fly towards him in the booth, and here was his reaction on the air. The Rush holds it back there, and now Murphy. Murphy throws the pass across. <laughs> and that puck's going to go out of play here, and uh, that's going to do it for that it sequence right there. 9.25. I apologize if I just uh, I just damaged your eardrums there. Just It went right over the mesh, right over my head. So uh, oh my God. I just I apologize for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everyone, a uh, few people look at me. I'm fine. Just I'm fine. Just. Oh, my God. As I apologize for that one right there. And. For saying, oh my God, I shouldn't be saying that. I'm sorry. Just okay. I'm just trying to catch my breath here. Just okay. Just all right. As we're back to this thing, rush here. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> back to the game. That is great. <laughs> it's a great drop too. Yeah. Okay, so you guys both do sidelines. Have you ever been dangerously close to being injured during a broadcast? Swipe left or swipe right, George? Uh, swipe left for me, not dangerously uh, close. <laughs> um, I, I mean, today. I think usually when I'm on the sideline, it's there's no play going on. You know what I mean? So, like, occasionally 
I'll hear the whistle. Like the other day at the Lakers game, I don't remember which one it was. It was maybe it was the Miami game that I was on the the edge of the hardwood, right? Kind of like uh, on the baseline. And they were coming to me. We came back from break a little late, like a few seconds late. So I'm there starting my hit, and there's like a bunch of graphics rolling and whatever. And then I hear the whistle, and I'm like, oh, I got to go. You know what I'm saying? So like I started walking and talking while looking at the camera that they were shooting me from, which was like on a riser, like above the 100 level. And Mike Breen kind of made, like, had a funny joke. He's like, that's the first uh, sideline walk and talk uh, on NBA history. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was either that or I was going to get run over, or the ref was probably going to tell me to move anyway. So n- not very much. I think the closest thing was I got wet once, like during a game. Where you know they splash the guy with water, uh, but that's not dangerous. No, no basketballs or no, anything. Ever no, no ability? basketballs. I mean, again, usually I'm in I'm in play when they're not in play. You know. <laughs> I have had many many near injuries on NFL sidelines uh, because you know you're trying to get close to the action, and all of a sudden here comes a running back or a tight end right at you, and the next thing you know they could steamroll somebody. Yeah. But I will tell you this. I was doing a game years ago, um, Seattle and San Francisco, and Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback of the 49ers. He was rolling to his left, and he decides to throw the ball out of bounds. And I swear to you, I swear, me and Colin Kaepernick lock eyes. He's running 100 miles an hour, and I'm standing there holding a microphone, and we lock eyes. And he goes to throw the ball out of bounds, and he throws it right to me. And George... I made a spectacular catch. Man. Nice job, Kevin. I mean, spectacular. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you <laughs> did that. No, um, but it nearly, it could have hurt my fingernail. You know what I mean? Like, it could have jammed my finger. I was very dangerously close to getting hurt there on that play. I feel like um, hockey announcers, like, this is not uncommon for, like, hockey pucks to, like, come flying dangerously close to their heads. Well, I don't know. Usually hockey booths are way up in the roof. So yeah, they're I, also I, at mid-ice. Yeah, and but- it... Yeah, I, I most, I mean, maybe, again, that's probably like a minor league hockey, you said? Yeah, it's like So Canadian. they're probably way, it's a small arena, I'm sure. But most arenas, the hockey announcing crew is near, like, in the upper levels. I swear, I've seen stuff lately, like, at least, like, two other times over the past couple months where, like, a hockey announcer was like, oh, I got hit in the face with a puck. Hmm. So, wow. I don't know if it's, like, the these people that do the stand-ups in the middle of the game or what the case is, but, you know. I can't believe it one time. George, you'll appreciate this. At one time, I can't believe I did this. I actually hosted like the Florida Panthers pregame in between period. Yeah. You know, and I didn't know anything about hockey really, and I didn't really like hockey. And I can remember Denny Potvin. He was the yeah uh, the, he was the uh, oh, he was commentator. A, well, he was a champion uh, hockey player for the yeah. New York Islanders for many right. years. Yeah. And and Denny Potvin would look at me in between periods and be like, "You're so bad at this job." <laughs> What do you know about hockey? I mean, I knew the game. I just didn't really. I didn't know the league. I didn't know how to pronounce anybody's name. Oh, that yeah, that's that's usually like if you don't know the league, you're in trouble, man. Big time. Like I'm so excited for my college football season this year because I literally was cramming for the test this this year because I didn't find out I was getting the job till late in July, and like camps had just were about to break or whatever. Um, this year, I'm already studying like all these conferences. Like, I feel like I'm going to be way ahead of the game going into next smart season. Smart man. Very smart man. Yeah. Uh, all right, Linz, one more. Speaking of college, go ahead. All right, so after Central Florida took down Texas last night, Knights players were seen flashing the horns down sign as they started the postgame handshake line. Now, for those that don't know, 
uh, Texas has a thing like hook them right like mm-hmm. they do this thing like with their two fingers the yeah. it, the pointer finger and the pinky and it's like two horns like uh like you know the long horn so mm-hmm. yeah right so then you know horns when down. they when they beat them right it's they the did horns down like horns right. down yeah. Yeah. so that did not sit well with Texas coach Rodney Terry who passionately shared his disapproval in the post game presser I'm a big what? believer in uh, you know you win the right way you lose the right way and you know I always tell my guys you know. Um, whether you win or lose, you win the right way. You lose the right way. You carry yourself the right way. You don't go through the handshake line or proud to get into the handshake line and have about six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do that, you know, because when you do those kind of things, it looks very classless, and it also looks like you were just hoping to win. We never go into games trying to hope to win. We go into games expecting to win. So we don't act like that. I, I will also add that when they were doing the handshake line after, you can find this video all over the internet, uh, the Texas coach you just heard, Rodney Terry, was going through the handshake line and telling each one of the UCF players that that was classless mm-hmm. while shaking their hands and said it was BS, like he used the real words, uh, and that bleep is classless. Um, so th- he took that very seriously. But it happened in the, the championship game, too. The Texas and the Washington. Yes. The Washington players are doing the same thing. They're doing horns down and everything. So I, I will say this, DeAndre, that what happens is if you have a sign, a hand sign, mm-hmm. if you're a team like USC, they do fight on, right? It's a, like a peace sign. Mm-hmm. I have seen other teams do the fight on down, exactly. right? Like they put the fingers down. Uh, Miami, the U, they do the U, right? So, And I've seen when teams beat them, they do the, the, the U down, right? And... Well, I think all this stuff is silly. It is ridiculous. But these people, these fans, who these coaches really have to cater to in a lot of ways, particularly the boosters, it's like if you gave them the finger, if you if you like turned their thing upside down, their hand signal upside down. So that's why they get like this. And Coach Rodney Terry, in this case, the Texas basketball head coach, uh, got so upset about it because the fans get so upset about it because college fans... I say this with a lot of love because uh, there's a big reason why it's so popular. They're kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm just watching it right now, and if I, if I were a Texas fan, I'd be like, yeah, I don't like it, but I also didn't like the fact that Texas lost to the University of Central Florida. By the way, yes. UCF just got a kid who's transferring. I couldn't believe that this kid was transferring to UCF because I don't know anything about UCF basketball, but this kid was transferring from Memphis to UCF, and he was like the number one high school basketball player, I want to say like two years ago, in high school, a kid by the name of Mikey Williams. Mm-hmm. DeAndre, you ever hear of this guy? I heard of him, yeah. I heard of Mikey yeah. Williams. He's pretty good. He's, he's one of those he was an internet sensation. sensation. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And he's just transferring from Memphis now to UCF. So yeah, he's leaving Penny Hardaway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, that is Radio Tinder, brought to us each and every day uh, by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right uh, on Tequila Mandala. Award-winning small batch premium sippy tequila made from the finest mature agaves available everywhere. Fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, tequilamandala.com, and demand the extraordinary with tequila. Mandala. Uh, all right, Cappy, coming up next, I want to get back to football okay. because we didn't actually get into the matchups. And I feel like there's some cool storylines for some of these matchups, right? Like, I, I think, particularly for the Chiefs' Bills, there's a cool storyline. I think, like, a historical storyline. Mm-hmm. And I think with the Packers' Niners, it made me think about. Aaron Rodgers particularly and how he must feel about this Packers team at the moment. So let's touch on that on the other side. But first, let me tell you about our buddy Jacob and Ronnie. You've been injured in an auto accident. You got to call Jacob right I think Kid Rock uh, might be at the Lions game this weekend. That's what somebody was. I think some, some player was asking if he'd be around that uh, this weekend. Well, he is all Detroit all the time. 
And man, you talk about a guy that is not bashful with his political opinions that will easily piss off half of his fan base, I think, or at least half the people. I'll say it like that. Man, Kid Rock is out there. He puts it out. Yeah. Sometimes I hear him in an interview. I'm like, My, Kid Rock, for real, dude? <laughs> really? <laughs> um, Cappy, let me ask you this. We have a very short segment here, only a couple minutes. Okay. Um, and then we'll get back to more of it on the other side. I do want to get back to the Lakers, too, because I have I have some stuff I want to get off my chest about some of those people we've sent to Terminal H about Anthony Davis. Okay? Okay, fair enough. We'll get to fair that. Enough. I know a lot of people always say to us when we go out, like we were at Yamava the other day, they're like, please, George, please, don't send me to Terminal H. Yeah, but before that, let's talk football here real quick. Let me ask you this. Mahomes Allen, mm-hmm. is it the next Brady Manning? Well, it seems like, you know, for every year that New England would play Indianapolis and we'd have Brady versus Manning, it seems like now every year there is this Buffalo-Kansas City matchup. And even um, beyond just the postseason, these guys seem to meet up during the regular season. You remember the controversy earlier this year and uh, and how Mahomes went up to, to Allen after the game. He's like, man, that's the worst call I've ever seen. He's like, bro, you lost the game. Congratulate this guy and move on. You don't have to bark at him about the referees but i'll tell you this george i know we're going to do picks against the spread you know that the kansas city chiefs going into this weekend are the healthiest team going into the weekend yep and the bills have major injuries big in the linebacker court on the defensive side yeah mm-hmm. big time problems mm-hmm. on the defensive side um yeah i uh i am curious to see how this one plays out because I feel like we are in that, that they are this generation's Brady Manning. Like, they're going to just continue to see each other. We're, we've seen them a number of times. I believe this is their fourth playoff game against each other. And we'll probably see a lot more. Let me ask you this, though. I, you know what? Gosh. Right, you could start here, and we can finish it on the other side. Because I know you got to talk about Yamaba here in a second. But do you think Aaron Rodgers looks at this Green Bay team and goes, mm, maybe I was a little too stubborn about letting Matt LaFleur do what he wants to do? Because, man, they look so good right now. And, you know, even if he was healthy, there was no guarantee the Jets were going to the playoffs. I would say that Aaron Rodgers probably does not look at it that way because you know that we've all gotten to know Aaron Rodgers in a whole different level. And I just think Aaron Rodgers is very consumed with what Aaron Rodgers thinks is right. So, well, yeah, he never thinks he's wrong. I mean, he's worse than me. (laughs) Well, so that's what I'm getting at is that he he probably looks at him though and goes, "Well, I didn't expect that to happen." Yeah. Well, look, finish it up on the other side though. But tell people about Yamava, where you'll be speaking of football. You're going to be, I want to finish this Aaron Rodgers discussion because I do think it's fascinating um, because I actually do think deep down inside he knows, Um, but he's just too stubborn to admit, but I'll get into some more detail on that in a second. But tell the folks about Yamava where you're going to be basically every weekend here for the next couple of weeks. All right. So Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 